Welcome back to the Basement Boys and Girls. You are now tuned into Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ezekiel, and I am just back in the door from the Future Music Coalition's Policy Summit, the 15th Policy Summit, which we can talk about in a minute. First, I want to tell you what you're in for this week. Uh, righteous dude by the name of Johnny Grave plays in a band called Johnny Grave and the Tombstones, amongst other things. Uh, there's a nice little gig coming up for you at the Black Cat uh, this Saturday for Halloween. It's called the Halloween Circus. Going to feature him, Footwork, our friend Sarah Curtin. You got Burlesque going on in there. And uh, all hosted by a comedic troupe based in D.C. I guess that's the right word for it. Uh, known as Church Night. If you don't know who they are, we'll put links in there. Um, but we, we wanted to talk with Johnny mainly because I enjoy exploring... Uh, people who don't just do the one thing, like I, oh, I just play guitar, and, and and I think it's fascinating to see how people are branching out um, and did not disappoint. Uh, you know, I say this quite often. This is one of the one of the more fun and better conversations I think we've had on this podcast. Actually, dovetails nicely with uh, the past two days at Future Music Coalition. A lot of that was about. Um, where we are as far as like getting people paid, uh, how to make a living as, as a musician, uh, you know, what it really means to be a musician anymore. And, uh, you know, short answers to all that, like, uh, we're, we're fucked on data <laughs> and sort of fucked on licensing. Uh, in fact, the, the last panel at, at Future Music Coalition was essentially a shouting match and it was amazing and it was all in licensing. I had a guy who found a tune core, uh, a couple other guys, uh, sort of IP lawyers and whatnot on that panel. Uh, in fact, Casey, who you heard on this podcast two weeks ago, had to get up and sort of co-moderate to get it, get it back in line. But it was fantastic. And it all ended on a nice, huggable uh, note. Uh, but, you know, we ended up talking about a lot of these very issues with Johnny and and him giving his own solutions to this. Because, you know, he's not a superstar, but he seems to be doing all right. Uh, and that's, I think, an important message for, uh, for people to hear. Uh, so, so we've got that for you. We also got another important message. Uh, one thing I took uh, away from this future music conference was um, Peter Jenner, who is he's manager of like Pink Floyd, The Clash, and whatnot. Uh, he was on a panel as the manager's panel, which was surprisingly good. Uh, you know, he said what's going to be important in, in the future is, is the, uh, the filters and the and the uh, curators. And, you know, I, I don't know if we are that role. I know we sometimes try to, but what I took from this is, is maybe we should you know, try harder. Uh, listen more to other people and sort of forge our own path and hope that, you know, some of the stuff we dig up is going to sort of, you know, hit your ear. Maybe you hadn't heard it before. Maybe it... it I don't know, urges you to investigate. So that's what we're doing this week. Uh, an artist by the name of K-A-A-N, K-A-A-N, Khan. Uh, he has an album out. It is called uh, Abstract Art. It's a mixtape. It's free. And uh, so we're going to play a song, a song called Stress Off That, which is utterly fantastic. So after we talk to Johnny, would you just stick around for that? And then uh, we're going to put a little background info in there for you to read about if you want to read about that before hitting the track. Uh, courtesy of Bryce over at Random Nerds, who, by the way, turned me on to this guy. Uh, and then uh, maybe all our minds will expand. So uh, now it's time for your mind to get expanded uh, by Johnny Grave dropping his, his wisdom upon you. So here you go. Uh, this is episode 139 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. 
where we're sitting down with Johnny Grave. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Nearly a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. That right there, he is a wonderful power. Glad we were finally able to make this happen. Yeah, because you, you were out of the country and I was out of the country. Right. And, yeah. Right. Speaking of which, did you say you had been to Iceland or not? I no, I've never been. I'd, I'd love to go. I'd love, I'd love I, to I see think, that. Uh, take your music and go over to Iceland. I actually told this to Israel Nash on Tuesday. Yeah. And then I showed him a picture on the phone, and he grabbed his tormentor. Was like, Fuck <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It is uh, a, a remarkable land. Uh, honestly, ripe. I think for. Uh, music to take over. They've got their Bjorks and everything. Oh, yeah. They've also got like 37 uh, jazz Bjork orchestras. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, they also have uh, Reykjavik as a, as a nice little scrappy town. So. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a, um, she, she I'm, when she went back from um, London over to, uh, back to Iceland, um, this was like the 96, mm-hmm. um, um, after, after post, um, she went back to, to Iceland. She she was sort of this little mini documentary was focusing a lot on on how she how she saw, what her impressions of, of Iceland were, sort of what her hometown is, um, and she she said that it's it's a it's a very insular sort of culture and it's and they um, it's sort of very um, blue collar very conservative. Yeah. Um, oh, dude, it's 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 conservative and, from what I understand, a little racist. That's well. That's but, I mean, most most of the Scandinavian countries are, yeah. are going to be sort of in that category. I just came back from I, I hung out in, in in Copenhagen for a little bit. Nice. Yeah. They, I mean, that's, well, yeah. look, it is nice. It's beautiful. No, no, it, it's gorgeous, and and the, and the people are wonderful. But I mean, you just, you realize like you know how how a, a homogenous society like that, a homogenous population, right, yeah. can can really sort of breed um, dislike of uh, or just xenophobia, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a weird thing over there. Um, it's not full blown xenophobia. We, we we got hints of it. No, I think when you're when you're when you're you're um, when your government is putting out ads in a, in a Lebanese paper telling Syrian refugees not to come over. Oh, are they? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that, well, yeah, that is. Yeah, I, I, that's that, that's. Sort I, of like... I mean, I, I was gonna say. I mean, there's a reason like fairly well to do white people enjoy going over to Iceland. Mm. So... <laughs> 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 And that's sad. And next, we realized that on the way back. Next up on, on bougie vacations. Pops. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, no, <laughs> but we are here to talk about you, and we're here to talk no. about your music. Uh, you are a, uh, I think you're a staple in the DC music scene. Am I a staple now? I think you Is are. Okay. I, I think uh, since I moved here it, about seven years ago, okay. uh, I, it, certainly like the name was like, oh, this guy, yeah. this guy, this guy. And I just never, <laughs> never got around seeing it because it sucked. But... Uh, 
And uh, but I think in the past like year or so, two years ago, you definitely, you know, you're like you can say you. Mm-hmm. From DC. I mean, you, you, and we'll talk about this, this whole DC scene that's going on. Yeah. But like, really, you can say like you, or you can say Justin Jones. And Oh, I can't. No, I don't. I, you can't put me in the same category. I absolutely can. No, I'm going can. to. No, that's, no, that's not, that's so. not fair. No, because I mean, that, that, that's, a, that's a guy who, you know, I, I, was, I was going to see his shows um, when I, I, I first moved out of my parents' house into, right. into, into Shaw. That was back in, in 2009, 2010, right. somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. I was 21. Um, and now I'm, now I'm 27. Um, and you know, yeah, I've, 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 I've come, I've come a long way, but I mean, that, that's, that's a guy who's, who's toured the country. He's toured the world and he's oh, done, he's, dude, he's yeah, done, he's done he, a he, lot no, of I, I, I went over to his house. I've sat yeah. and drank bourbon with him over to his house on this podcast. He's got one, one kid or two kids. Two. Two kids. Okay. Two gosh, daughters. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he, and he's, and he still tends bar over at 930 club. Still tends bar. Yeah. And then still plays and, uh, still, uh, is on a Dead Men album that maybe yeah. will never come out, even though it's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so but 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 I think you know, out I guess outside of the what um, a lot of people in the DC scene think. I think there there you are one of the names that come up. I mean, you just played the Nine Thirty Club. Come on, man. That's I mean, I, I played I, the, the the conditions under which I played the Nine Thirty Club are, are you know those are those are fairly. Um, it, it wasn't like you know they. The, the guys at IMP saw, you know, some firecracker act and they really had to just nab this kid before he right. gets big. Right. No, it was because they had a, it was, it was the dead of August. Nobody was on tour coming through the area. They had a free weekend that they were able to throw my way. And they, they, they very, um, graciously threw me a bone, mm-hmm. which was, which was very nice. And, and they, um, they were, uh, they were downright cherubs to deal with they were yeah. they were they were they're were wonderful people absolutely yeah um Mad- madeline actually used to uh she was our intern oh nice and uh and uh she graduated and then went on to now she does her social media so uh, she, she yeah yeah she she actually she was one of the people that, that put me in touch with uh with, oh good with Audrey. good good because she's, um, she's fantastic hi madeline no she's uh, hi hi madeline thank you again um no she uh um uh wonderful folks they, they gave us you know, four cases of beer and a giant bottle of jameson to, to take to <laughs> Dressing room. They're saying, you know, what? what and you kind made of, it to the stage. What kind of? No, I. Well, I don't. I don't drink when I play. Mm. Um, and and the, mm. the the guys the guys in my band, um, the guys in in my in my band are, are a little bit older than I am. That's a lie. They're they're a lot. <laughs> they're a lot older than I am. Um, um, but they're, um, they're they're very professional about what they do. Right. Um, which is kind of why, why I've, I've stuck with them for so damn long. You know, um, and that, that and also because you, you hang out with guys that have been around their guitars longer than you've been alive. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're bound to learn something. You're bound to, to pick something up from that. Right. Um, that's really special. That's, you know, that, that's something that I, I, I still look forward to every time I play with them, whether it's a, it's a, a show like 930 Club or a, or a, a bar show like Madam's Organ. Right, right, right. Is that still around? Mm. I guess it is. Yeah, it is. Billy Duggan. Hi, Billy. Billy Duggan uh, owns, uh, still owns that that joint, um, despite his best efforts. <laughs> um, it's it's um, no that they, they still have live music every night of the week. Um, we played we played there every um, every week for about two years straight. That's it. Yep. That's how that's that's how we we got really tight. People people ask us, you know, you guys sound so together so so tight you know how how much do you guys rehearse and we don't rehearse we we just played three-hour bar gigs yeah. every every week and you you learn pretty quick that way was it was it all um original material or was it like getting into a bar crowd so where you're throwing in a bunch of covers here and there and well 
Um, that's actually one of the reasons we got fired. We we weren't playing cover songs. We, 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 were, we were playing a lot of a lot of our own stuff. And by and you know by by that a lot. Last of, time somebody asked for living on a prayer. That's it's yeah. Like, that's it. <laughs> it's actually. I mean, I I I laugh because like the I I just got back from playing a week straight um, at Rira, which is an mm. Irish bar in Georgetown. I was hanging out there for a week uh, with my friends from New York. They uh, was an Irish band, and they they were out a guitar player for about a week. Yeah. So I, I stepped in. I haven't played Irish music in you know, since I was in high school. I haven't yeah. played that that sort of stuff for a long time. It was it was really fun, sort of like you know relearning those old tunes and 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 you know thinking with a different part of your brain and and, and picking up a different style of, of of guitar playing. On the other hand, it was a fucking grind having to do wagon wheel every <laughs> night for a week straight, right. man. Right. Sometimes twice a night. Right. Which is like that's you know if I, I'm grateful for the experience. I'm, I'm grateful for for, sure. for for the for the, the whole sure. the whole the whole week. But good God, man. Well, I mean, the, the, there's the uh, there's the artist side of of being a musician and why people do this, and there's also the the tradesman side. That's of yeah. Doing this, which you sort of meld, and I think we're gonna get into. But uh, what, I, I want to like get back to like where like when did uh, the music bug precisely like hit you? Um, I can't put a can't put an exact date on. I can give you sort of a, a rough a rough idea. Um, I was I was fifteen years old. Um, I'd been playing music for a couple of years up to that point. I've been playing guitar um, very passively, very mm. casually, and and also playing drums. I was really I was more interested in drums than anything else. Um, I wanted to make a lot of noise. Yeah. Um. My father had a bunch of bluegrass records. He was—he was a. My father was lived in D.C. for a long time. He was a professional musician. Um, for, oh, so, mu- so music is in your family. Oh yeah, that's I, music has, yeah. has always been around. I, you know, that's that's yeah. no that's no question. I, you know, I, both I, your mom and your dad. My mom sings, and she never she never sang on stage. Yeah. Um, uh, she. Um, I don't think she she had the the performer book. She's an artist. She's a, she's a visual artist, but she, sure. she, she will sing. Um, but seldom out of seldom outside of the kitchen or outside of the car. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I grew up with with her singing to me. Actually, Dory is the same way, and it, it's a weird thing because it's fantastic, and she doesn't even know she's doing it. And of course, yeah, that's, and, yeah, and she won't know because I'm talking about it because she just like I don't listen to the podcast. I love it, <laughs> but it when she does it, it's amazing. And it's yeah, like, and every single time it sends chills up my spine. No, that there's and there's 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 nothing there. There really is nothing like my my mother would sing. Um, um, she'd sing old like like I remember I remember hearing her sing like a like bits and pieces of a, of a Stevie Nicks tune when it was on the radio. Yeah. Um, in the in the car when I was a kid, and I just thought like you know that's you know it's it's amazing how somebody can you know know a song so well mm-hmm. that they can pick up on it in the middle of the song and know where they are. Yeah. I was, as, as a child thinking that, but my my dad was the was the one who was the the professional musician, and he he made a living playing guitar for for a while before he decided to be a responsible adult and have children. Um, so he, he's a, he's a writer as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, he, he taught Faulkner when he was at, when he was at Maryland. Um, and, uh, so, so a sad upbringing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's funny cause I liked, I liked Hemingway and, and, you know, right. yeah, and th- th- those, those two figures sort of butted heads a lot, um. But I yeah, with uh, enough whiskey, they all get together. I, you know, that's sort of my thinking. But anyway, the uh, he there was an there was a magazine that he to to which he was subscribed, mm-hmm. 
um, uh, called Oxford, the Oxford American. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and every year they've got a music issue. Uh-huh. Um, and this was 2003. Um, I think January of, of 2003, there is a, he, he handed me the music album, the seed that came with the, with the magazine. And he didn't, he didn't say you should listen to this. He didn't say, this is important. Here's your homework. Go listen to this. Mm-hmm. What he said was, you might enjoy this. See if you like it. Um, which is the best push off because in his brain, that's, yeah, in his in his brain, he was like, "You absolutely need to." Hear that's this. yeah, of course. But he's <laughs> it was very it was very patient. Um, you know, so, so one of the one of the the uh, one of the amazing facets of, of my, my father was just how how patient he he, he was when I was growing up and, and how how many times he had the opportunity but but decided not to kill me. Um, <laughs> but I think I, he he gave me that he gave me this 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 record he gave me this 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 CD and the and the magazine to go along with it and there was an, there's a song on there by Blind Willie Johnson mm-hmm. called God Moves on the Water and it's about the sinking of the Titanic and on one level. Um, uh, he 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 sings um, E.J. Smith, mighty man, built a boat that he couldn't understand. Right. And so on on one hand, he's he's talking about um, the this the the rise of industrialization. He's talking about um, building something so big that it's beyond your control. On the other hand, it's it's a it's a very human kind of story because he's talking about the Tower of Babel. He's talking about he um, something that. You, you you build too big, and all of a sudden it's 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 now. It's also a very human like reaction, like if you're gonna write yeah. something like that, because it's almost like the Nelson. It's like ha ha, yeah, like, and, and and which is just a thing we as people do. Um, so when I when I when I heard that, and I heard I heard that that really high, wailing voice, yeah. and that and that that sly guitar, that was something that I immediately grabbed onto. Mm. And I, I haven't I haven't let go ever since. Yeah. I, that's you know um, I've spent years chasing that that sound down and trying right. to learn it and trying to play it. So that that's that's when it really sort of kicked me in the ass. Right. Um, and I, I I started learning those. I started learning slide guitar when I was when I was about that age. And then I started playing it um, live in front of an audience. I started playing that when I was like seventeen or eighteen, right. somewhere in there. Right. And now you're just shredding. <laughs> sort of. Well, it, it's interesting because you know uh, a lot of the. I mean, you definitely saying traditionalist is a weird thing to like to put on somebody or, preser- but, or preservationist. Preservationist. Yeah. But there is a side of of all the because to be clear, you you do music, you write, mm-hmm. uh, you are a photographer, a good uh-huh. photographer actually. Thank you very much. Saying, Thank you. you know, so, um, and you know. It is all seems to be in the service of this thing you're chasing. So to your mind, what is it about that? And what is it? Because when you're growing up and you decide to play an instrument. So so I grew up uh, playing classical. Playing piano at five. Played violin from about seven to 18. Mm -hmm. And then I 16, 15, switched to guitar. And I was like, this is much better. Yeah. Uh, And, And it gets more girls. Yeah, exactly. But, um, you, you don't like, I, I guess you're, you're chasing something, but there, there is a sense that it is, there's a core of, of American music mm-hmm. and the music specifically that you are talking about and, and a lot of the stuff that you make, like, what about that besides, you know, what you just said? draws you to that 
I mean, it, it's a it's a very old music. It, it's yeah. it's um, it's it's partly ancient. Um, <clears throat> we're talking about about sounds that go back um, hundreds and hundreds of years, right. um, and to be able to still hear that um, mm-hmm. in American popular music, to, to be able to, to still hear that um, that right. that sort of that 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 shuffle backbeat, yeah. Um, uh, that that really makes you want to makes you want to dance. Yeah, you know that's that's been a part of of this country and been a part of I think this um, this this really weird thing we call American popular music. Mm-hmm. Um, and to listen to it and to play it, um, to learn it mm-hmm. is to it is to in a way help carry it forward. Um, and to, and to in, ensure that it lives on. And that's, that's something that I love more than, um, I, I love that more than I love money. Yeah. I think that matters to me more than, um, making it, making it big. I, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather, or whatever making it big means these days. Right. And that, that's right. such a, right. a, a strange right. thing to, it, it's, it's. It's a very it's a very different world than than when a lot of these guys. Well, and you're talking about art, and it is a very different world. Like you know, you could you could make a good living, uh, or not. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, playing slide guitar in a band down somewhere in Mississippi. Yeah. Or well, maybe not. Maybe maybe not there. Maybe not there. But yeah. Or you know, even even I was in I was in Birmingham a a few years ago and got to get to hang out there and and you know watch guys play and I get to open up for Kenny Brown. When uh, when he was in in Birmingham or Bessemer Bessemer County Alabama at, at a at Gibbs Juke Joint, which is a yeah. red, red dirt floor, corrugated tin roof, and all that. Yeah, cool cool place. But Kenny Brown was was R.L. Burnside's guitar player for a number of years. I got to open for him and then actually play on stage with him, which was like that was right. You know, I I couldn't imagine doing anything more spectacular and more important. That was when I was twenty one, and now right. you know now that's that's you know six years ago, and and you know now I'm. You know, I just headlined a show at nine thirty. I've got a head. I've got a, another headlining slot at, at at the Black Cat for Halloween, um, and I I can't even imagine what the hell the next five years is going to be like. Right. Um, but still, you know, my the, the the work that I'm focusing on really, um, partly is to um, is to preserve this music. Mm-hmm. And not preserve it by way of putting it behind a glass case and playing it exactly the way the old guys played it on those shitty field recordings that Lomax made. Right. But to carry the songs further, um, that's that's how music is preserved. That's how it still lives on. Right. There's a great track that came out over the summer by David Guetta, mm-hmm. who is the, the Italian DJ, uh, with with Nicki Minaj. Yeah. You know the song that I mean. Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The opening to that to that that song. Be my be my woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's that's a um, that's a field recording that Alan Lomax made from Texas prison workers in 1947. Right. That's and like that's that so that that an Italian DJ is able to use that and then or is he is he French or is he Italian? I thought he's Italian. Uh, I believe he's Italian. Yeah. I, uh, when you're talking uh, DJs, you are like <laughs> they're on my lawn. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Marcus. But, but yeah, no, he's case. no. It's like it's like you know. That he was able to take something that old and uh, put it into something that contemporary, that just shows how how relevant this this well, music is. It's a weird thing because like music can get old, 
like I, I've talked to do you know uh, Ben Tufts? Um, yes, yeah, of course you know. So we talked we talked a lot about um, how like drumming, like specifically, mm-hmm. is like the oldest. It's it's the rhythm, it's the noise, That's it's it. like everything. And that and voice. this idea of of an old uh, American music uh, is real, but it's very weird because it's like in in the comparatively, it's not that old. No, but there's so much like packed into it. Mm-hmm. So. Like, I guess what you care about and what you are doing is sort of, we've seen a rise of like, you know, like indie folk, if you're going to put a name on it, is fucking huge. And I know. So so. fucking, fucking (laughs) shoot me. I got the biggest eye roll right now. Yeah. But, but, but here's the thing. My question is, is, is that like, is there a use to being a, uh, or necessity, rather, to be a purist about that, because I, if you're if you're bringing it forward, there are some. I mean, I I hate to admit. I mean, well, fuck it. We we reviewed the uh, Lumineers album, okay. pretty well. Yeah, and, and I hate to admit it because there's also, um, songcraft going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's I I think there's a there's a difference between. Um, just stealing an aesthetic uh-huh. of a certain style of music um, and actually grabbing onto it and, and carrying it further. I mean, when, when you watch um, guys like um, the Avett Brothers, yeah, um, that's, a, that's a great band. I, I would not... Are they, though? Because a lot... Well, I mean, they are. I, but, but a lot of people like take... And that's, that's what my point is. A lot of people take issue with that because they take this stuff that they very clearly know, first of all, and they love it. Mm-hmm. And then they throw in punk, and then people get upset. Right, and that's well, okay. I, I think a band, a band like Avid Brothers, and we'll use that we'll use that example. Yeah. Um, a, a band, a band like that, you know, they they work their ass off um, as far as touring the country, mm-hmm. as far as you know, like just playing shows, and they're not. Um, they, you know, while they're, they're sticking with that sort of guitar and banjo lineup, those, those guys are not bluegrass. They're not folk. No, no. They're they're pop. It's, they, these, these guys. And they always have been. Exactly. And I, I Emotionalism is a great, like, fake Beatles album. I I was, I was about to say, they, they they are, the the Avett brothers are more or less, for, for all intents and purposes, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, if they came from North Carolina, absolutely, yeah. Where, whereas there's, uh, um, if you want to get into what um, bands that are doing a really great job of, of preserving a certain kind of music and carrying it forward, mm-hmm. um, look at bands like the Hackensaw Boys, yeah, absolutely. or look at bands like Old Crow Medicine Show, yeah. Um, you know, those those guys are are doing. A world of difference for old time traditional music, and mm-hmm. now you've got now you've got kids at UVA, kids at kids on college campuses all across the country that suddenly give a shit about bluegrass, right? That suddenly care about like this really old antiquated. Wait, 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 bony be clear, it's not hard to make people give a shit about bluegrass in the South. Uh, well, but, uh, I mean, it's I mean, actually, it's you know, a, a lot of a lot of folks see maybe times as, have changed, but I you know, I you there know. a lot of folks you know, for for years saw that as as like some unrefined hillbilly backwater sure. bullshit. Sure. 
Whereas, uh, you know, country was a lot more refined. Country was, you know, there's, there's rhinestones yeah. involved with country. Like, that's, you know, clearly... Rhinestones, that's, that's, that's three been, crosses on the highway involved. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's a very different kind of animal, whereas, you know, bluegrass was like, you know, that's that's what the blind guys uh, play out, out in the sticks. Right. Like that's, that, that's, you know, that's a different kind of music. It's unrefined. It's unfiltered. Um, and I think where a lot of indie folk, and I'm, I'm using air quotes sure. here... Um, I think where indie folk has gone wrong is really trying hard to glom onto the aesthetic without looking at the history. Yeah. Um, which again is totally fine. Mm-hmm. And the Mumford Sons have 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 a uh, Mumford and Sons have have a have a, uh, a a very good reason to exist. And they, and, and they, they're a pop band, and they're they're we've actually talked about this before. They they're not just a pop band; they know the formula. Mm-hmm. You, you talk about people like like because there is a formula for making there pop is. music, and they know it, mm-hmm. and they've won like the back of their hand. And you can hate it, and they. But and at they, the end of the day, they sleep on their mountains of panties and money. And the and the, the actually, I I have to I have to lean back and applaud them as somebody who who enjoys Shakespeare quite a bit. Yeah. I have to applaud them on on that that first album by making. Oh, I actually love the first album. The, the first album was 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 based largely on um, on much ado about nothing. Yeah. Uh, lines right from the, right exactly from, no, from the, from the, no, the first album was was actually good it, it, yeah at the time we were like this is cute they really like frightened rabbit yeah <laughs> and, you know, yeah um but and, and they like vests <laughs> like, so but, i wear vests uh, yeah well uh, that so this this is why <laughs> i want to get there so what is the distinct because there is an aesthetic and there is uh to my mind you know we were before we turn on the mics, we're upstairs talking about like digital music mm-hmm. versus all this. Uh, I, I think that can be extrapolated out to like presentation. Where presentation is important, but at the end of the day, it's gonna be what you put down, what you put in people's ears, right? Whether it be live or not. So with the vests and stuff, like how do you like? I, I mean, you're wearing a vest just because you. How do you justify wearing a ridiculous cowboy yeah, hat yes, while you're playing exactly. guitar, son? How do you how do you justify this? Exactly. No, it, it's. I mean, it, I. Um, it goes. It goes back to to my father. Um, I'll actually. I'll pull up a photo while we're talking. Oh, nice. Um, the. My father played um, at a folk festival for years, and the folk mm-hmm. festival is actually still going on. Um, every, um, every year they've got this festival at Glen Echo Park, um, the Washington Folk Festival, not the, not the Smithsonian Folk, Folk right. Life Festival in the mall. Yeah. The Washington Folk Festival happens, um, at a place called Glen Echo Park, which is, uh, it's a converted amusement park, um, back from the, uh, the 1920s. Um, so my father played there for, for years and, um, I've been attending festivals there since I was since before I was a fetus. Um, So I I noticed this thing that when the old guys get up to play, when the, when the, the real hardcore musicians, like the the professionals, Mm -hmm. when those guys go to, to play their set, they wear a hat. They look, they, they wear something different on stage than, um, than when they're off stage. Um, And it's, it's not a, it's not really a persona. It's not really a um, a caricature. It's no, just no. it's a it's a way of sort of addressing the crowd. It's a way of sort right. of, of saying like I'm here to perform. I'm here to to, to work for you guys. Um, that's and, and more importantly, that's my that's my dad. 
Yeah, that, that's fucking <laughs> outlaw man. <laughs> Would you look a lot like him? That's, yeah, that's yeah. That uh, you know, um, and uh, send me that. I won't put that up in the show notes. Oh yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it 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 is, and that's part of the show business. But it, it I guess that's also part of the tradition of the music. Yes, that, you know, that, that, that kind of tradition. As, as we get into this modern age where you can do anything and you can uh, sit down, you can make a record on a laptop if you want to, you can you can do it however you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm a strong believer in that you know, the only thing that matters is that you make a good song. I don't care what it sounds like. I don't care how you make it. It just doesn't matter. Like if it's a good song, it's a good song. Mm-hmm. Um, you divorce yourself from some of that tradition, but I also... Uh, don't like I'm a little ins- insular, so the rest of the world like reacts to that stuff. So they see you in a cowboy hat, and they're like, "That sent that tells them so much about what's about to happen that it, they don't have to it think does. about." It does, um, and it's and I, I think in, in a on on one hand, you know, you when you walk into a room. Looking, looking the way that I do when right. I'm, when I'm when I'm playing a show. Gus is here, by the way. Um, <laughs> looking, looking the way that I, that I do. God, what, what a pathetic animal! Good Lord, <laughs> no, he's amazing. He's, that was wonderful. Um, <laughs> love me, love me. Um, when I when I walk into a room um, with the, with a hat and a guitar, you know, um. I've sort of already done a lot of the work for the audience. Right. I've sort of already like right. like there's already like you know a, a big chunk of the explanation has already been done. Yeah. As far as like you know what's about to happen, um, and there's also there, there's a lot of um, people can read that wrong. People can um, think you know oh it, it, it's going to be a country band. Yeah. Oh it's it's going to be it's going to be a um, or or they they must know Wagon Wheel. Please play that for us. <laughs> Which you would love to play. Yeah, certainly. I'd love to just play Wagon Wheel yeah. until my fucking fingers fall. And you know, God, what a what a great song. What a, sure, what a, absolutely. It's, it, it's it's it it has it has become the free bird of a generation. Yeah, it has it has become that song where it's it's where it's it's now you're just you're just every every bar gig we play. And I'm just waiting, just waiting for that one dude yeah, in the back. Wagon Wheel, <laughs> Wagon Wheel, and it's and. We actually, and, and there, there are still some folks that play Freebird. There are still some mm-hmm. folks that, that would, rather that will, that will yell Freebird. And there's even a couple guys that will still play it. Right. Which is, that's, that's remarkable. That's like, hardcore. That's, yeah. Well, hardcore, first of all, if you can do it. That's, see, and see, here's, here's my thought. Next, somebody shot, next time somebody shouts out fucking Freebird, which, by the way, a, a bass player, a friend of mine, Jason Mendelson, who's a great guy, mm-hmm. um, Mendelson tells me that, um, when the, when this this guy yelled out "Freebird" five times in an evening, he, he he said that you have to realize, sir, at some point we're laughing at you, not with you. And that point was 1985. <laughs> um, but here's here's my here's my theory on 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 Freebird. I think next time somebody yells out "Freebird" right. during your set, you should play it. Yeah, all the way through, like like all all nine minutes of it. Yes, including the guitar. So even if you're even, yes. even if you're solo, like even if you don't because like, yeah. I've seen people do it. Like basically, they're like you get into it and you're like, no, not really. Mm-hmm. Just just fucking one day in rehearsal, just go and learn it. Yeah, like, you know, you tour, you like you got this bands. Yeah, and fucking like know it. And when it's they only yell three it out, chords. Yeah, 
That's it. Just get out <laughs> as long as you can get through like the solo part. Oh, because it gets intense. You know, yeah. The van ride gets bumpy. And That's then you know, it's like... just it's it's that. And again, it it kind of goes back to that that sort of. See, here's here's the thing: when when people see a band, some some iteration of of rock and roll band playing right. at a bar. Um, we can talk about how how American pop music has changed. We can talk about how um how things have gotten significantly different from the early 70s sure um up until today a lot's happened um but when people go to a bar and they see a band playing what do they want to hear they want to hear that unrefined bony hillbilly backwater cracker right. bullshit they want to hear Skinner. Well, they want to hear Skinner, and it's also it, it gets into like uh, we've talked a lot this year about uh, how people engage in this. Yeah, and realistically, um, people uh, it's it's not that they don't care necessarily about music, but if they're out at the bar and they're like, "Oh, this is a band playing," and like the general consensus is we're just gonna get fucked up. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe get lucky. You know, I don't know. Gus, I think, just got lucky by himself. Yeah, on the couch, too, <laughs> yeah. no less. On the futon. Impressive. Yeah. Right. Um, no, I, I think um, I think people... Bars are, are, are a big chunk of how I, I, I make a living. I, I Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm playing about anywhere between 15 and 20 shows a month. All right. Uh, and the vast majority of those shows are at bars. Um more specifically, bars where people are not in attendance to hear music. Right. Um, music is just sort of an afterthought. It's nice. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's a perk of being there. Do you think that's partially because of like the type of music you play? That those are the gigs that you're doing? No, I I I um. No, I, I I think that would have that'd be the same sort of thing for for any band. Yeah. Um. I band it, DJ whatever. It's just. Yeah, I, I I think I think a lot of um, a lot of people. Um, cover bands are, are are really on 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 a a big upswing right now, and there's a there's a yeah. lot of them that that are playing music, um, making making a a, a good chunk of money. Playing, well, let's playing, be clear, making more money than people are. Who make original music? Not necessarily. It it depends. It depends on how you spin it. Okay. It it really. I mean, that's that's a thing. Like you know, yeah. I I I'm I'm able to to make a good amount of money. Yeah. Um, playing either solo or with the acoustic trio or with the full band. Team sounds. Um. On any given night that I play, I'm able to 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 sustain myself, sustain the band, pay them enough to want to keep playing shows with me that's right. the, that's a real key right um and um and then be able to to buy a round for my friends at the bar yeah after the gig like that's you know that's 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 something that you know i, I wouldn't say that i'm making more money than cover band guys but I'm, i i i certainly think that i'm making as much there might be there might be certain kinds of gigs that are offered to cover bands that are not offered to me mm-hmm. but by the same token there's a lot of gigs that are offered to me that aren't offered to cover bands sure um, it's, I, I honestly, I, I think it's about even, and I, I don't think to make a living as a musician, you need to play cover songs, but I, I think as far as the audience is concerned, I, I, I think people, um, 
really want to um if they if they like what you're playing yeah um they want to find a common ground with you they they want to get to know you Oh and I, I certainly, I certainly don't don't begrudge them that. Yeah. So when they come to me and they ask me, "Hey, can you play Wagon Wheel?" It's not because um, they they have this this deep seated need to hear an old Crow Medicine Show song. Absolutely not. Yeah. In no. their hearts, it's because they 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 see guy with a guitar and they want they want to hear what a guy with a guitar would usually play in a bar type setting. Yeah. Um, and I and and to that I'll respond. You know what? I actually don't play that song, but how about some Stevie Ray Vaughan? Or how about how about? Oh, some, so you go there. How about some how about, how about some BB King? Or how about some how about some Muddy Waters? Right. Because I'm 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 playing blues. I don't play a whole lot of a lot of old time or bluegrass stuff. Right. But if you if you like blues, you know I, I got a lot of this stuff for you. And shit, dude, if you like if you like that. You know, have you heard of Blind Willie Johnson? You'll love it. Or fuck, right. Arl Burnside. Have right. you heard of that right. guy? Right. You'll that, love this. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, here's one I wrote. Yeah. And that's and that's that's sort of how you how you can gently shepherd. Which them I in. think is how, is what your success has been. Is that you're able to do all that? It's a sneak, lot. It's a and, lot of patience. It's, it's, it's a lot. Of, <laughs> well, it's a lot of like thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You're not Cause, cause allowed look, to get angry at the audience. Look, getting, getting up on stage and playing, or even just like sitting down in his basement playing, it's fun as fuck. Mm-hmm. It is the best. Like it, if anybody listening to this has never picked up an instrument, do it now immediately. Please, like, please do it now. Just pick up something, get a drum set, do something, and and give your and please give yourself freedom. Please give yourself mm-hmm. the freedom to sound like shit. That is where the, yeah. That is where the majority of because it, you're going to adult adult guitar players. Um, have a really um, low trajectory of mm-hmm. of continuing with the instrument. A lot of a lot of guys that pick up guitar after the age of twenty, yeah, don't continue. Yeah, um, partic- particularly, or they can play like a, a chord. Yeah, and that's or enough to like to like you know pick a guitar up at a party, strum it once, and go, oh hey, nice guitar, put it back down again. Which weirdly, for people who don't play instruments. That's fucking impressive. That's exactly. That's like, oh, you speak you speak that language. Yeah. Oh, cool! Wow, yeah. look at that. Yeah. But I mean, that's I I think particularly particularly men. This, yeah. ha- this happens a lot with a lot with dudes, or rather, sorry, what I've what I've what I have noticed in working at a at a, a store in DC uh, called Middle Sea Music. It, it's it's up in yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, I worked there for a couple of years, and that store also has lessons. And they've yeah. got le- they've got lessons seven days a week and all kinds of teachers and I I noticed that a lot of the adult students, a lot of the guys that are that are over the age of twenty, mm-hmm. a lot of them actually over the age of thirty, will come in and want to learn guitar because, god damn it, their roommate had a guitar and it back in college and he sounded so good yeah. and I just I I want to like I want to learn you know what he learned yeah, um they'll pick it up and then four weeks later, yeah. Yeah, you have to you have to give yourself room to sound like shit. I give myself room to sound like shit every time I pick up a guitar. Well, I mean that's that's how songs get written. That's well sometimes. I think I I think yeah, you can have a clear vi- you can have a look you can have a clear vision, but that you can also be like fucking around and be like oh yeah this works this works. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, no. you know what I'm talking about. Like Gary, no, it sounds like shit. Stop playing that. <laughs> yeah. No, what do you no. No, I, 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 I really think that um, that the people have sort of lost 
people have are are confronted with perfection on a on a very regular basis. I yeah. think that you know when we we listen to, um, I was about to say what's on the radio, and that's 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 not only the case. But we we listen to what's on Spotify, what's in our rotation on Pandora. Well, we listen to to playlists that our friends make for us. We, and we can actually you know, we we equate with what is put out there as as that is the pinnacle of the art. I sometimes I, casual I, listeners. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think you're right. Actually, and I think that's it's. Um, but I'd, I'd even go one step further and say that that it's sort of unconscious because yeah, be, no, because absolutely. because it comes from the box, then it must be good. Right. That's that's sort of that's sort of how I how I've sort of interpreted that that sentiment over the past few years. That's, a, that's, that's actually a really good way of putting it because, again, that gets into the passive uh, way a lot of people experience music mm-hmm. and, and choose to. They, they don't want to engage any further. And that, and that honestly, that's fine. Reddit fine. Has, a, has a great subreddit. There's a, it's called Listen to This. Um, right. and, and, and they've, they, it's, uh, the, the, the rule is if you, if you post something, it, it, it's not, it, uh, you have to post something that hasn't been posted before. Yeah. Um, so you don't get the, the same kind of drudgery you get on a top 40 radio station. You don't get the same kind of drudgery you get on a, on a, on a classic rock playlist. Yeah. It's, it, it's songs, a lot of them new, a lot of them not American, a lot of them from all over the world, from a, a wide variety of genres. Right. Um, well, if you want to put it on your journalist side, that's what everybody should be doing. That's and see, that's and I, I, I think that's it. It comes back to to what. Well, it this this part of the of of, of my interest in music comes back to um, the the kind of anthropological experience right. of what music is. Um, I I think that it's a. It is a language. It's a it, it's a it's a sure. vehicle for telling a story. Yeah, um, it's not it's not even a vehicle for telling a story. It's a vehicle for how we can connect with somebody else. Exactly. It it and it's and it's not it's it's not an American thing. No, it's not a blues thing. It's it's, it's not thing. it it's it is a human thing. Yeah. And that and I, I I firmly believe and this is that you can get into into as as metaphysical as you want about about mm-hmm. all this but I, I I firmly believe that um, a, a big part of playing music in general mm-hmm. not not playing not playing blues not playing slide guitar not playing things that were lifted from seventy year old sharecroppers that were recorded again and, right. and rediscovered by Alan Lomax. Yeah. Um, not just that avenue, but I think playing music in general yeah. is the same kind of human storytelling as making a cave painting. Yeah, it's 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 putting something out into the ether for other people to understand it. It's taking something from in your head yeah. and putting it out into public view. And it's and it, it's the most immediate way I think people are able to. Every, oh, it's it's visceral as shit. Everybody yeah. can do this, everybody. Yeah, Be, that's the, because that, that's the cool because part. really, you know, it's like a, a lot of these podcasts. Like we rate albums. Well, we don't. Well, we sort of do, but we we talk about albums. We get down here, we drink a lot of whiskey, and we, we talk about albums. And but that's a heavy pour, by the way. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't I don't see as clearly as it did a minute ago. Yeah, okay, that's, yeah, yeah, nice, well done. Uh, but. Uh, 
at the end of the day, there's really no point to rating that album. Like, what I hope we're doing uh, is getting people to think about, like, what you're saying. And getting people to, like, just listen to something maybe they hadn't. And because he said anybody can do it. It's, well, I mean, that's... It, it anyone, doesn't matter if you suck. Anyone, anyone can do it certainly, but it, it's more of a matter of of. Um, it, you're absolutely right. Any, it, any, anyone, it's anyone a balance, can. It's a balance of what we consume, with like, so what makes you happy? Like what what, what you're listening to? What makes you happy? Yeah. Balanced with like, oh, by the way, stop looking, stop star fucking that person, <laughs> and just understand that like, yeah, you might not be able to do exactly that. But you can do something, and see that's 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 sort of what I've what I've been focusing on for this this year. Mm-hmm. Um, at the at the top of the year, um, I really I, I rarely make New Year's resolutions. I rarely ever mm-hmm. sit down and make and make like you know write out a list of like you know need to do more crunches. You know need to yeah. need to eat Mine healthier. Drink less rye. So need to yeah need to need to eat less beef jerky. <laughs> yeah. Eat more kale. <laughs> Need to, my vegetarian girlfriend's going to listen to this later on. Um, <laughs> need to uh, need to actually, you know, buckle down and, and figure out a way to to pay back my you know the student loans that I had from like the the year that I was in college. Right. Um, you know, it, it, there's a, a lot of things that I I, I, I ought to do. Um, but this this year, I, I kind of I started focusing on on one thing. Um, and this is this is sort of you can you can take this for for whatever it's worth, um, but I, I I started thinking more about um, more about the why, um, yeah. being less goal obsessed and being more purpose focused. Um, you know, I I I got to I got to play. A sold out show at the Black Cat, yeah, a couple years ago. That was that was really cool. I sold out the Black Cat because you grew up in DC. So I, I mean, so how fucking like how like mind melting can that be? That was that was. I mean, I I, I came I, I came downstairs into the office and they, they told me you know what the they never tell you what the count is until yeah. the night's over. Yeah. I came downstairs. This was this was a um, oh god man the, this 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 show was amazing. The Red Palace closed down. Yeah, the Red Palace closed down at the top of 2013. Um, and I was looking for a way to put on a, before I get into this story, I let the record show that I, I think Steve Lambert is a wonderful individual and he is a positive and good force, mm-hmm. a, and an altruistically good force in the Washington DC music community. So that being said, um, I called up Lambert mm-hmm. because I wanted a show on Mardi Gras weekend. Yeah. I wanted to show the Saturday or Friday before Mardi Gras. And I told him, this is going to be a great show. Um, we're going to have rock and roll bands and burlesque and sideshow. Yeah. Guys with like a bed of nails. Which and, is what and, Red and, Palace was. And, yeah. So, I, so I, I, I said, you know, Red Palace is gone now. The Red, Red Palace is dead. Long live Red Palace. Yeah. Um, Which, by the so, way, so we, we actually lived up, in, uh, up off Lincoln Park at the time. Oh, really? And... Oh, and wow, actually man. started, and and to the point, and so you were, you, you I, were and there, I think they... I, hopefully Steve and I have made up. Like even though I, I've actually never met Steve, he banned us from the Rock and Roll Hotel. 
<laughs> because of something, but he does uh, that. We worked around it, but he does that. But I, but I, I will actually agree with your assessment. Like his booking over the past few years is killing it over like a lot of. And people. he's doing a better job of making all of his shows all ages. Yes. Well yes, well yes. done to that motherfucker. So, Great job. So, Steve, if that's an apology that that's you're looking a- for, that's <laughs> it. Like, um, so, but, but, so, but my point is, the Red Palace was, it was the such a, venue. It was such a niche thing, and it shouldn't have existed. It shouldn't have even been open. It but should it, not it, have it been able to worked. see. It should oh, not have God. been able to see Tune Yards. What a, oh, at the fucking wow. Red Palace. You saw Tune Yards there, really? Yes, it was the first like two years of oh, our site. Jesus. And so all the shows, like we didn't know how to shoot, we didn't know how to write, we didn't know how to do anything. Of course not. No. But it was like we'll ride a bike down there. And we'll go in there, and it's like, oh, yeah, two yards. Yeah, this is like, okay. And, uh, you know, it pays off now. Oh, man. Years later, because now it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. we know you guys. So when they when they closed, yeah, when they when they closed down, that was January of 2013. Um, rest, rest in peace, Red Palace, please. Um, I I went to Lambert for that for that the Mardi Gras show uh-huh. and I, I I told him that I, I wanted to have this this amazing show and I want to put this all together and it's it's, it's going to be great. Yeah. Um. And he I, I said I want to have this at either DC Nine or Red Palace because he books for those other two venues and yeah. I said I said um you know what dates do you have, do you, it's a, do, you, do you have the weekend on the calendar? He said, Rock and Roll Hotel is all yours. You can have this show. It's going to be great. Only one thing. No burlesque. And I said, "This is." I said, "Okay." Um, no titties. The whole, the whole, the whole thing about about this this gig was that yeah. we'd have burlesque happening while the bands are changing their gear out. We have, right. a, we have a side stage, which which we should be clear is like what you're referencing here is a blues tradition because a lot of blues was played in whorehouses. That's a, exactly. So that's well, not not no, no. Lot, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's. Let's let's be very let's be very I, I put a very it's, it's, yeah, very yeah. like blunt point on it. Yeah, but... uh, uh, burlesque is a unique thing apart from stripping and apart from prostitution. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's and and while burlesque performers did on occasion perform in houses of ill repute, the burlesque performers usually were not prostitutes. Right, right. Let the record but, state that I said but, that. So that's but, yeah. But, but the record, but yes, yeah, you're the you're blues right. yes, players, yes. yes. We're certainly playing in whorehouses. Absolutely, Jesus Christ, yes. That I mean, there's and, no. And, and well, and and this is why. This is part of your genius. Like what you do is like you're referencing that, but not. Oh, really. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm touching that stone. Right. You better believe it. And I'm, 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 I'm tying that all back right. together, which is, which is great. However, the purpose of having burlesque at a show like that isn't because I really think that it's cool to like touch on that sort of historical. Point. No, it's because it's no, it's because it gives the audience something to look at okay. while we're changing gear out. When you go to a show <laughs> and you've got three bands playing, you, you just revealed the secrets. To like you know, this is this is exactly what what Barnum and Bailey. Did. I got the idea from them. When when mm-hmm. when you have a when you go to see the greatest show on earth, there's a reason why they have three rings. There's a reason why they. Well, got... sure, distraction. Exactly. That that's exactly yeah. why. So so the. Um, while the guys finished pulling his head out of the tiger's mouth, <laughs> they go over to the clowns in ring three. The horrifying clowns. And they and they black ring A out. Yeah. So we we are doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. It's all a big trick. So the the minute you you walk into the show, 
and you and you you see band A perform. God damn it, weren't they great? Here's your master of ceremonies. Great job. Give another round of applause. Fantastic. Hey, side stage. Guess what? Bed of nails. Or or side stage. Guess what? This yeah. guy's going to breathe fire. Or this guy's going to walk on glass. Or this lady's going to take her clothes off. And that's that's. And meanwhile, we're hustling our asses off, yeah. carrying guitar amplifiers off the stage. So I I told Lambert this. I told him, you know, we want to have this show, and having some sort of side show mm. phenomenon would be nice in order to help keep the crowd in the room and help them not walk outside for a cigarette or go to another bar. Right. Keep the crowd there. That's the whole idea. And he he said, and I quote, and again, Lambert, if you if you listen to this for whatever reason, I I um I hold nothing against you for for you saying this. Um Lambert said, I do not want Rock and Roll Hotel to be known as a burlesque venue. Fair. Fair. So I I immediately picked up and I talked to Black Cat. Yeah. I said I I said, Hey, um, do you guys have this weekend open? They had they apparently had shit going on, which was great. Yeah. Came in, played the show, it all went off without a hitch. Bren Weatherby, uh, the host of You yeah. Me Them Everybody was the was the host for the for, for yeah. the show. Um we had Two burlesque dancers, and we had a uh, a sideshow group from uh, from Baltimore called Moloch's Midway, yeah. and these guys are amazing. So that, that, that sort of gets us to almost, I think, the end because we're, we're running up on an hour. Oh, okay. And, are uh, we really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can go. For, like, so we did uh, a couple recently. They were an hour and like thirty eight, hour thirty nine, somewhere around that. We we can do that. I'd rather you come back though. Like certainly, absolutely, fucking, yeah. But but it brings us to this. It's like, yeah. Now you're doing it with the Black Cat on Halloween. Yeah, this is our third year in a row. So yeah, this this is, this draw, is my the, like promote the <laughs> shit out of this man. This, this is your time. This is no, I mean it, it's uh, the the uh, the 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 Halloween circus of tw- of 2015. Uh, our third show running at Black Cat on the main stage, and our s- seventh show, our seventh show, yeah, annually. Uh, for for Halloween uh, will take place on Halloween night, October thirty first, at Black Cat Main Stage. Doors are opening at nine p.m. sharp, and the parade begins at nine twenty five on the dot. Um, the night will feature live music from Sarah Curtin and her full who's band. Who's amazing? She is. She is a. Who actually? I, I asked her. I said, "You got any like weird questions for me?" Asked Johnny. <laughs> She's like, "No." Nah. <laughs> She's she's wonderful. She's yeah. she's a she's a she's a treasure. Um, and then following them, we've got a band called Footwork. Yeah. Um, which, uh, if you haven't heard them before, they they um, I'd I'd classify them as a as a, a heavy dose of fuck you soul. Yeah. Um, no, they're great. It's, they're, they're they're tremendous band. And then and then my band, uh, Johnny yeah. Grave and the Tombstones, um, which is which is you know bound to you know, by that point you'll be drunk and and you'll be dancing, so it won't matter. Yeah. After that, or we're sorry, in, in, in between those acts, we've got um, we've got two burlesque dancers, mm-hmm. uh, Gigi Holiday, who is the she calls herself the um, the the chocolate that will melt your heart. <laughs> um, and that's fantastic. And our my my very good friend Cherie Sweetbottom and and Cherie. Hmm. Um, Cherie Sweetbottom uh, also has an affinity for 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 blues and affinity mm. for older American traditional music, and she um, 
she's got a great show of her own that I've participated in before called House of Sweet Bottom. And it's it's focusing mainly on um let, let's call it vintage burlesque. Sure. Um a, a old old fashioned burlesque. Yeah. Um using using uh, very, very old tunes. Mm-hmm. Um and then, uh, and, and and it's all it's all going to be hosted by uh, by Church Night, uh, one of one of DC's most raucous, yeah, uh, and sacrilegious uh, variety show acts. So, and, and here's the fucked up thing: we're having a party here. What time? Uh, well, all day. Great. So during we're... during the during the daytime. No, 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 all night. All night. Yeah, yeah. Just bring them over. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but it's. Literally, we planned it, and we planned it. In the past two years, I've shot Halloween shows, and I was like, I'm not going to do that this year. And we sort of stole this oh, no. stole this party away from Paul. It's going to be film-based. Ash vs. the Evil Dead is premiering. And oh, fantastic. Yeah, but uh, and mainly we're having a party because the lady likes to hand out candy to kids. So we're going to get a yeah. bunch of people over here to do that. That's wonderful. It is. That's, I mean, that, I, 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 my, my affinity for Halloween started when I was a little kid. And there was a there was a, a yeah. great a great house in the neighborhood that had strobe lights and scary music uh-huh. and all that and, and like like little tombstones yeah. in the yard. I'm hoping to get somebody fucked up enough by like six p.m. Oh. Like, they're like they do that. that they're like passed out in the yard. And just that's yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> but but the point is is like now I'm sad I'm not going to make this show. Oh, but well, if you listen to this, don't make that mistake. Yeah. Well, yeah. No. Just 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 come to the show and it'll be it'll be amazing. Yeah. Um, and then after, after I, I play that show, I'm going to, I'm going to go home to, um, actually after, after that, after that show, we're going to go to the, the, the bar of the black cat and get good and drunk. Nice. Um, and possibly bring the, bring the, the crowd up to the, uh, um, to, to my place for an after party. Um, but, um, after, after all is said and done, I'm going to go back to, uh, back to bed with. My girlfriend, who yeah. with with whom I I live, um, and we're gonna get up early on Sunday morning, yeah. and then go to uh, go to BWI and catch a flight to Chicago, okay, where I'm yeah. going to uh, I'm gonna hang out for a few nights and then come back home and then head out to LA again and then um, come back home and then go out to Florida and then come back <laughs> home and then and it's it's, it's you just... know I, I think at the 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 big shows. The big shows like Halloween, the big shows like yeah. the one at nine thirty club. Those are, those are really cool anchor points. Those yeah, are those are really absolutely. good. Those are really good reasons to sort of come back home. Because clearly, like you love DC. I mean, you're from here. You I are, I'm uh, not. No, I that, let's let's be clear. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not from here. I'm from Silver Spring. Eh, that's something. Uh, nah, and see, and that's and see. I I, I as an uh, immigrant. Oh. Into I mean I I was down in Richmond for ten years before I moved up here. Oh, what, a, what a great, what a great city! Richmond is a great city, but, it's a, but it, Hardywood beer, Hardywood so that, is a great. So is a the great idea beer of craft beer in Richmond when I was there did not exist. Yeah, so you but, missed it. But my point is, is that there comes a point I think when you come to the city, whether or not you were born in Silver Spring, which like you know whatever, but uh, there's a point where you get it. And you get what the city is beyond, like the government of it, and get, and it's amazing. I I think that um, uh, I because because I'm because I'm young, I I missed a lot of cool shit. I don't think you did. 
I, I really, I mean, I, I, I went to... I think you're making a lot of cool shit right now. Well, I Because what... Here, here's what happens in this city. People come. They're either here or they're not. But eventually they, they land here and they want to do shit. And, and all over the world, people want to do shit. But here they come and they actually do it. I, I, I think that... I, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, I... And I, I think that, that people either choose to sort of open their ears up and um, learn learn the history yeah. of the city. I mean, I mean that that goes that one of the reasons I, I write the the stories that I do for Brightest Young Things, right, right. Who haven't paid me, by the way. Um, <laughs> sorry, Brandon. Um, no surprise, by the way. That's yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's no. Um, I, one of the reasons I, I, I write those stories is, is because, um, there is, there is such a history here. There is such a, there's such a, 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 a deep well of stories that, um, a lot of, I, I wouldn't call them immigrants to the city. I, I would call them newcomers. Right. A lot of, a lot of people that, that have, that have just arrived yeah. to the city, they, they don't know them. Yeah. Um, for instance, have you? I mean, you, 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 you're. We are now sitting in a basement in Brooklyn. Have you had breakfast at Murray and Paul's yet? Yeah, of course. <laughs> good, I, dude, good. Dude, oh, I, good. No, I walk. I walk into. Oh. I walk into Murray and Paul's, and they're like, uh, "Sausage, egg, and cheese on a fucking bagel." Like, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. All is well in the world, then. That's you, oh good. Yeah, no. I mean, that's part of the reason we moved up here, and but but that's my point. And actually, like, if I'm being honest. That's really why I wanted to have you on the podcast because I was like, uh, this whole thing is like I, we I could not do this other places. <laughs> like people were not motivated. People were yeah. not like it's just not. And outside of your music, outside of this, like it's it's so clear how much like you love the city, which I think translates into uh, just a general like curiosity about life. Which is important for people, and I think it's important for people to hear people talk about in those terms. Maybe then they'll be like, they could be sitting at home, be like, oh, I don't know, frozen pizza, <laughs> and, and then hear something and be like, oh, what if I did that? Huh. Uh, a lot of, a lot of my love for the, the, the majority of my of my my love for the, the city comes from. Um, just being around it and, and being, um, being with people that mm -hmm. have been to places that I, that I haven't and being shown places, yeah. um, and doing, doing the research and, and, and sort of figuring out what these, what these places are all about. And you can, you can read more about these, about these stories. On and my, and my, we'll my put website. all the links up. Like, Thank you. Yeah, we absolutely will. Um, I've, I've got, I've got some stories from, from Europe that I, I haven't, uh, that I haven't put on my website yet. Um, but one of the, um, one of the things that I, I think is is most special about I, about about this this city is is sort of the the idea of its conception, the idea of how yeah. this how this city came to be, um, and I think this is something that's kind of reflected in this the way the city operates to to this day. Mm -hmm. um, no other city was was founded by an act of Congress. Right. It's the only one. <laughs> right. Um, eighteen oh two, May May third, my birthday, nineteen or eighteen oh two. 
Um, I was now yesterday was Back to the Future Day, so <laughs> possibly you traveled back in time and made that shit happen. Oh, it's it's a it's a horrifying concept. Mm. God. Um, but the um, a lot of people have the have the stars and bars tattoo. Yeah. Um, a lot of folks have the have the um, the three stars and two red bars underneath it. Um, that's from the DC flag. Um, do, you, do you know where that comes from? Actually, I don't. That is um, uh, that is from George Washington's family crest. Right. That um, makes sense. That's yeah. Um, it it you know, when they when they were naming the city after him and they were sort of you know making a federal district out of this piece of swampland. Yeah. And by the way, whoever, whether it was DCist or City Paper, I can't recall, but somebody said that DC wasn't built on a swamp. A lot of it was. A no, lot it, of it, a lot of it wasn't. Yeah, it's a, a swamp. lot of a lot of a lot of places well, like, like I, Cleveland Park. I will attest to like Brightwood. Our fall weather that we have going on right now. It was cold. Now it's humid as fuck and it's fucking everybody. Yeah. Up. The majority of the city wasn't a swamp. Yeah. However, most of the important parts of the city up until about 1870 were built was, on swamps. Was, so yeah. that's anyway. Uh, bizarre tangent there but um the there's there's two more tattoos that i, I really want to get and one of them is um the mcmillan plan yeah and and when i when i when we when we we, we write this up and I'll, I'll give you the link to a photo of this um the mcmillan plan was a it was, it was the night also known as the 1901 plan um as part of the city beautiful movement mm-hmm. Um, that that Taft had of of making making Washington D.C. L- really look like all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, making it look amazing, making it look like it's something from another world. Um, and Macmillan proposed this idea that this this beautiful laid out city plan, kind of a kind of in a in a, in a cruciform shape. Um wide sweeping avenues mm. and big beautiful vistas and sort of echoing L'Enfant's idea sure implementing the practicality of Banneker and Ellicott um, and tying it all together with this sort of Beaux Arts movement that was happening in the early part of the because, 20th century because yeah America got to make it bigger it's big, big, bigger, and and also and also prettier. Like yeah. I mean, that's yeah. so. Yeah, sure. Hence the hence the Corinthian columns fucking everywhere. Yeah. Um, and the the plan, although it wasn't officially implemented, the plan is still looked at as a reference point to this day. Yeah. It the the majority of that plan was not completed. Yeah. But people still look to that plan as sort of a, an ideal. Yeah, a goal, um, and that's something that I I look at. I use that as a model for writing about the city, mm-hmm. um, writing stories about these these locations that are um, that are just under a layer of dust or that are, that are that are hidden and in plain sight. That's why I call the series that. Yeah. Um, which is a great series. Thank you very much. Like, I, I, I will honestly say, I, 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 I will. I, I tend not to read anything BYD does for for other reasons, but there are uh, shining stars, and that, and that is one of them. I thank you very much, and I, I, um, I think that 
the um that ideal of the city is um that's reflected a lot in the way that I play music too. Yeah. Absolutely. Um where it's it's not you don't need to play it exactly the way it was recorded. Mm-hmm. You don't need to play it the the right way. Just have an ideal in your mind. Have a goal in your mind. Yeah. And then go on your own and make your own path. I think yeah. that's that that's something that I've 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 been trying to I've been trying to live by and trying to trying to live with. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a yeah. you know, having that sort of yeah. philosophical monkey on your shoulder is, is something odd. But um but I will I'll continue to try. Well, dude, uh, yeah, we, I, I think we landed. <laughs> We're good. Uh, seriously, anytime you come back, uh, fucking certainly, absolutely, uh, yeah. Everybody, go see the show. We're, we're gonna have all the links, and uh, yeah, fuck yeah, DC. Indeed, with all my heart. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there you go. Johnny Grave, uh, which is set up front, righteous dude. Uh, he knows he's got a mic here whenever he wants it. Uh, that was a fun night, just hanging out, talking. Talked a little off mic. It's, it's, a, it's a good time. Good to finally get to know that dude. It's, it's good to get to know, like, people. That's a lot of what we do this for. Uh, a lot of why we do it so you can hear it and so you don't get to know the person. Let's just stalk him, maybe. But you can get to know people like Johnny, you know, Future Birds, Nels Klein, Damien and Dorado. All these people, Louis Weeks, you know, get, get to know them a little better. Or maybe develop a, a different, or I won't say better, but maybe a different appreciation of, uh, of what they do and how that fits into your life. So thanks to Johnny for coming down. You all, if you're not coming here, because we're having a party, if you're not coming here uh, for the party, go to the Black Cat. It's going to blow your fucking mind. That's, that's all I got to say. It's You have great music. You have burlesque. You have just raunchy body comedy. What else do you need on Halloween? Dress up, go out, and have a blast. Uh, before we get out of here this week, like I was saying up front, too, uh, we've got a little track by a guy named Khan. Uh, I hope you read the little piece, the link I posted uh, in the show notes here. Uh, and I'm going to leave it at that. Because I want you to experience this just how I did and just sort of out of the blue, read something that Bryce read, and said, hey, let's check it out because uh, I think it might blow your mind a little bit. So here you go. This is Cod. This is Stress. This is all abstract. I'm a mess, all I ever do is stress, I'm depressed in the motherfucker, nigga. I confess I'm a mess, all I ever do is stress, I'm depressed in the motherfucker, nigga. I confess I'm a mess, all I ever do is stress, I'm depressed in the motherfucker, nigga. With a handful of pills, trying to numb all of my pains, I mean, do you motherfuckers even feel it? Tell me, do you even feel it? I confess I'm a mess, all I ever do is stress, I'm depressed in the motherfucker, nigga. 
I confess I'm a mess, all I ever do is stress. I'm depressed in the motherfucker, nigga. I confess I'm a mess, all I ever do is stress. I'm depressed in the motherfucker, nigga. With a handful of pills, trying to numb all of my pains. I mean, do you motherfuckers even feel it? Tell me, do you even feel it? I've been writing all these records with resentment, trying to find the happiness I never had. Happiness I never had. I wish I could wake up early in the morning, realize the person that I really am. Person that I really am. All the fuck I ever really feel is pain, and I don't think that you could even understand. You could never understand. All the fuck I ever really feel is pain, and I don't think that you could even understand. Nah. Hold up, cause I don't think you'll ever get it Dismissing all of my issues and tell me to be submissive Attentive whenever rapping, I focus upon the tedious I resemble my father, that's it for speaking of temperament Temporarily out of it, falling off of an ottoman All them bobbing and weaving, I will depart in my moccasins While I swallow Kalina pins, then I'm taking some masculine ketamine and etc Ain't no need to exaggerate, but I'll elaborate I want chemically imbalanced and killing my serotonin From using drugs with no moderation for daily sedation I should be placed under reservation The fact that I'm faded is actually embarrassing I see this as a vice and I'm using it as a crutch But if I'm being honest with you, I think that I fell in love with the thought of me dying young and not reaching my full potential, cause it never realize you're great until you die. Ah, murder it all, I wanted a piece, I bet that I'm really a beast, I never release, I'm giving the people a feast, the way that I'm killing the beat, you loving it all, enjoying the ride, I bet that you feeling the vibe, is that what you want, fulfilling your needs, then give me a minute so I can proceed, Lord. Now this is not the life I really wanna lead, and all my pain is transparent, it's not that easy to see, and I used to wanna be happy, it never actually happened, so I've been feeling the same, just trying to live with the stain. I confess I'm a mess, all I ever do is stress, I'm depressed in the mud. Nigga. I confess I'm a mess, all I ever do is stress, I'm depressed in the motherfucker, nigga. I confess I'm a mess, all I ever do is stress, I'm depressed in the motherfucker, nigga. With a handful of pills, trying to numb all of my pains, I mean, do you motherfuckers even feel it? I mean, do you even feel it? I confess I'm a mess, all I ever do is stress, I'm depressed in the motherfucker, nigga. I confess I'm a mess, all I ever do is stress, I'm depressed in the motherfucker, nigga. I confess I'm a mess, all I ever do is stress I'm depressed in the motherfucker, nigga With a handful of pills, trying to numb all of my pains I mean, do you motherfuckers even feel it? I mean, do you even feel it? I've been writing all these records with resentment Trying to find the happiness I never had Happiness I never had I wish I could wake up early in the morning Realize the person that I really am Person that I really am All the fuck I ever really feel is pain And I don't think that you could even understand You could never understand All the fuck I ever really feel is pain And I don't think that you could even understand Nah Tough luck, nigga. Keep your fucking head up. They kick you while you was down, and now you refusing to get up. You medicating every single emotion that you feeling. You need to be in the dark to acknowledge all of your problems. You never speak of your issues unless you writing a song or two. You're living with depression is real, and you fucking know it's true. I'm guessing that it stems from the times when nobody noticed you, but that was years ago when you still stuck on the same shit. You need to get a grip. Your dopest fucking people tell you where you need to be a man and start asserting all your confidence. You're fucking 24 and you still can't accept a compliment. You need to make a change, but I know I'm stating the obvious and I wanna be better, but it's never that easy. He's a very vivid depiction, the pictures that I've been painting I promise you'll feel my pain in a second So I'll explain it, cause a couple years ago I couldn't even find a friend to call it Now you hit me up like I'm really loving your record dog And people never listen, I'm speaking about being reckless I said I'm cutting my wrist and you telling me that it's dope I know you praying that I blow so we could all get rich And if you make it, you could take me with you Man, that would be it, cause I've been down from the beginning Boy, I knew you was the shit Remember when I said that you would be the one to make it hit? Hell nah, I don't recall, suck a motherfucker dick, bitch I confess I'm a mess, all I ever do is stress I'm depressed in the Motherfucker, nigga. I confess I'm a mess. All I ever do is stress. I'm depressed in the motherfucker, nigga. I confess I'm a mess. All I ever do is stress. I'm depressed in the motherfucker, nigga. With a handful of pills, trying to numb all of my pains. I mean, do you motherfuckers even feel it? I mean, do you even feel it? I confess I'm a mess. All I ever do is stress. I'm depressed in the motherfucker, nigga. 
I confess I'm a mess, all I ever do is stress I'm depressed in the motherfucker, nigga I confess I'm a mess, all I ever do is stress I'm depressed in the motherfucker, nigga With a handful of pills, trying to numb all of my pains Tell me, do you motherfuckers even feel it? Tell me, do you even feel it? I've been writing all these records with resentment Trying to find the happiness I never had Happiness I never had I wish I could wake up early in the morning Realize the person that I really am Person that I really am All the fuck I ever really feel is pain And I don't think that you could even understand You could never understand All the fuck I ever really feel is pain And I don't think that you could even understand Nah You good? You dig it? It's okay if you didn't. Uh, you know, maybe it's not your thing. But I'm guessing you did. You know why? Because it's, it's great. It's legitimately great. The rest of the mixtape is great. Uh, we are going to have uh, links to where you can download this mixtape. And, uh, you know, we're hopefully going to try to get them on the podcast here at this time. So, Con, if you're listening, uh, you're, come by. We want to talk. Uh, that is our podcast for this week. Uh, in the we're gonna we've been doing the interviews for the past four weeks. It has been October after all, and and this is this is honestly the best way I think to end October. This is the calmest October we've had on the site in years. Um, but next week we're getting back to the uh, album reviews. We have uh, Paul is back, and we have a good panel of uh, him, Patrick, and Eduardo. We're going to talk about Joanna Newsom. We're going to be talking about the new Proto-Martyr record, because, you know, that came out a little while ago, but we didn't get to it, and then we're going to see what happens. Uh, so, as usual, uh, thank you all for listening. You can subscribe to us in iTunes if you like. You can listen to us on Stitcher. You can download it. You can listen to us on Overcast, you know, however you want to put it in your ears. Um, if you want to know more about Future Music Coalition, uh, Please, first of all, listen to the podcast with Casey. I don't, I'm not saying that to sort of sort of push our thing. Uh, I, I've listened to it twice, and and I ran the damn podcast. So, so much information dropped there from him and from Marcus Dowling. Uh, and you know, look at their site. We're gonna have some stuff up on that. Hopefully, later on, we're gonna be talking about the issues that they they talked about. I, through the rest of the year. Hopefully Casey will be back on actually to talk about some of that. Uh, and next year, hopefully we can, you know, they do a musician scholarship. Uh, we sort of spread the word this year about that, but you know, maybe next year, you know, we can actually uh, get out and get you guys like take you by the hand be like, do this because I think it's important. I think even if you don't agree with a panelist or their mission, whatever you don't agree with, uh, when you get all these people in the same room uh, talking about this stuff uh, so passionately and you realize that we all care about music, uh, it might uh, might change your viewpoint. I know it did me. Uh, you know, I, I've been known to be a cynical fuck. And, uh, you know, just this whole talking with Casey and getting through this uh, Future Music Coalition these past two days made it, uh, you know, thawed my heart a little bit. Uh, it's a fantastic weekend, so, or week. So uh, that is it. That is our podcast. Uh, we will talk to you in seven short days. As usual, uh, be good to yours. Be better to your people. See you
<laughs> 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 Kenobi.